Oh, wow, it's good to see many of you, and uh, well, it's good to see all of you, but many of you have gone through <laughs> a difficult week. I'm looking through, and it's like, wow, some of you been in and out of hospital, and you know, whatever, There's so many things happened, so uh, good to see all of you. <laughs> uh, let me just take a moment and ask, uh, let me, I'm going to ask you to ask the Lord if, the, if he give you a prophetic word or something that you, a picture that God might have for you. Again, just... You know, this is family time, this is a snow day, uh, maybe it's just a little different opportunity, but uh, Lord Jesus, we just ask, uh, speak to us, uh, maybe there's a picture or uh, something that you want to say to somebody, and uh, I just want to make space for that before I start preaching. Amen. Anybody, uh, I know I didn't give you a whole lot of time, but anybody get anything that they feel they want to share? Any pictures? Uh, somebody that might need healing for something? I know this is a little odd for you if you haven't been exposed to this. Be at peace. Be at peace, I'm with you. Does somebody feel that that's particularly like pertinent or relevant? Be at peace. I'm with you. Is that, does that, for somebody, does that feel like that's just what I needed to hear? Wow, that didn't have to go very far, did it? Right next door. Linda, that's great. Yep. Rick wants to give thanks for those that prayed for him. God's giving him a new heart. They put him. They put a temporary stent in, or a temporary pacemaker in for two days. And eventually on the 21st, I wound up with a permanent one. During that whole time, I could feel the presence of all of you praying for me, um, giving me the strength and comfort to get through this. And I just want to tell you how much I appreciate what you did during that time frame for me. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're on a roll here. <laughs> what you got? Come up here, Helen. You're whispering again. <laughs> and stand up here. <laughs> well, Chris wants to see you. Um, I felt like somebody felt like there was a black cloud over them, like they weren't good or good enough and they were sad and I felt like the Lord wanted to say to them you're fearfully and wonderfully made in my image and so and that's for all of us but if you're feeling really bad God wants to reach out to you and reassure you and give you his love so am I hearing this right so you're feeling some like particularly somebody feels like they've got an intense cloud hanging over them a dark cloud and uh, the idea would be we would like to pray for you to break whatever that oppression is on you. Uh, if that's you and you're bold enough to stand up, uh, we'd just like to pray for you. Um, does that feel like it's somebody here? Dark cloud of oppression, you're feeling oppressed or overwhelmed, and um, the Lord is wanting to kind of break through and set you free. Is that somebody here? If you, you kind of have to be bold enough to stand, otherwise. That's you. I'm not 
You're going to have to come all the way up front. I'm not, I'm not, you're local. You come on up. I don't, I'm not feeling that if... I mean, if other people are feeling embarrassed, that's one thing, but I'm not... You see, there you go. So let's just pray. Just extend a hand. The Lord, we just pray uh, for Beth. We just pray that whatever is oppressing her or whatever darkness or heaviness she's experiencing, uh, Jesus, that you would just lift that cloud and uh, encourage her. Lord, that by your Spirit, that uh, things would change and uh, that there would be a sense of lightness. Uh, Lord, we... Uh, do not want to be um, walking around with heaviness and a weight which we shouldn't be carrying or having. So, Lord, I just thank you that you love us and you want to bless us. Amen. <laughs> good, you're smiling again. That's a good thing. <laughs> All right, last call. Anybody else got anything that they want to say? Okay. I sense, sense the Lord want to do something. Give me a second here. I can't figure out what. Uh, Jesus, we just, again, give you uh, this time. We acknowledge, Lord, that you are in control of our lives. We are your children. We want to, again, just receive the love that you have for us. We want to feel loved and experience that freedom and the joy that you impart to us, that you give us. So Lord, any uh, heaviness or physical ailments that we are really battling with, we just give them to you. We ask you for freedom, for joy, for peace, uh, for a sense of hope, Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Yes. Edited versions. Okay. So I am delighted to be here. And some of you don't know what I've gone through, and I'm not going to go into the details, but I will tell you this. One line from a song, On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Our jobs, sinking sand. Repeat after me, sinking sand. <laughs> The love of our children, sinking sand. Everything we have, a good car that works, it's all sinking sand. I've went through a horrible thing, and I'm not over it yet, and I'm proud of my husband and, and my friends, and God is really good. So if you've gone through a rough time, I have lots of things to say to you. So, But God <laughs> loves me, and he is faithful, and I... Delight in the, the struggle that I've gone through for two years. I delighted it. I consider it joy because I'm more mature. My faith is rock solid. My husband's faith is rock solid. And you can get through anything. You can. I didn't think you could. So thank you, Allie, my sister, and everybody. Thank you. Amen. All right. Well, with that, uh, let me... We're working through the book of James, New Testament book, and I'll go back. Uh, we haven't gone very far. We're only on like the second page, but we'll go back to the first page given what Bonnie's just said. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. I mean, that's so like 
back to front, you know, thinking. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will uh, give it to you. So uh, I just uh, reiterate what Bonnie just said. None of us like going through difficult times, but we often uh, are grateful for the way God strengthens us and shapes us as a result of going through difficult times. So as I've said in the past, don't waste uh, trying moments or trying times. Uh, they force us to depend on God more. And uh, when we get through on the other side, uh, with the strength of God, when we uh, feel a sense of joy and hope despite tough circumstances, it's extremely rewarding and it builds our faith because we can see uh, and depend on, it's like we depend on God and then we can see how God carried us through uh, and how he gives us a sense of joy or strength or hope when we didn't have it. And it's, uh, it's really significant. Okay, so let me jump in here. Um, how much jumping in am I going to do? Uh, do I want to do all of this or half of it? All right, uh, let's go to James chapter 3. If you've got a, a bulletin insert, why don't you uh, pull it out? Uh, what I'm, I've got this amazing title for this sermon today. Say what? Say what? <laughs> My English is just getting better and better, as you can see. From <laughs> I was able to get away with this title because Bernadette was in the Dominican Republic. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, if you think... Um, Dealing with your weight is a challenge, and watching what you eat and controlling your weight. Uh, today's uh, challenge is way more difficult than that. Uh, God wants us to control our tongue, and compared to controlling your weight, uh, that would be easy. Controlling your tongue, uh, what you say, uh, extremely difficult, uh, extremely difficult. And the, the point is this, we can use our words uh, to build up, to encourage, and uh, even to speak uh, our own destiny where we speaking in faith, or we can uh, say things uh, which we wish we'd never say, uh, we can put our foot in the mouth, or we can be critical, or we can tear down, and uh, that's totally destructive. And so what we want to look at today is how do we uh, really control what we say and uh, use our speech uh, to build up rather than to tear down. Uh, as you can well imagine, that's easier said than done. So let me just ask the Lord to empower my what I'm saying to be able to do this. Jesus, uh, I just ask for your presence, uh, for your power. Uh, we acknowledge we can't do these things on our own. And we do indeed need uh, your help. Uh, 
So, Lord, I just pray that you'd empower what I say and that uh, we could be and will be better at what we say, that we can lift people up, and when people irritate us or slight us, we can uh, you know, not be derailed by that, but we can look through it and move on, that we'll get our strength from you. Uh, in your name, Jesus. Uh, amen. So just recapping, uh, James has actually said a few things to us about talking uh, up until this point. In James uh, chapter 1, verse 19, he said this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Uh, and again, you know, for me, it's very helpful to think, okay, this is James. This is Jesus' brother. Uh, I'm sure G James experienced just growing up with Jesus uh, a lot. I'm sure James said a lot of things uh, that he regrets because he wasn't a, you know, he didn't believe that his brother was the Messiah. It was only after his brother had died. So, you know, here you've got James, who's the leader of the church in Jerusalem. Uh, you know, he's a, a pastor, he's talking to his congregation, and uh, he is saying, what we say is a big deal. And I, I, I've got to believe that he's saying that because he made a lot of mistakes in the past, and he's also looking at a congregation and saying, hey, listen, we can build each other up or we can tear each other apart. Uh, what you say really does uh, make a big difference. And then, uh, as Dave was saying, uh, talking about Proverbs, uh, I actually have a similar reading plan. I like to do what Dave was uh, touching on, 31 Proverbs. And if you take one chapter a day, it's a good diet. Uh, you know, the Proverbs are instructive. So here's one, Proverbs 10, 19. Uh, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Be sensible. Keep your mouth shut. If you're going to say something ridiculous or wrong or, you know, offensive, just, just shut up. I mean, it's like <laughs> good wisdom. And then uh, James had also said this in 126. Uh, if you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you're only fooling yourselves, <clears throat> excuse me, and your religion is worthless. In other words, you know, you, you walk around saying, I'm very holy, I'm, you know, I go to church all the time, I'm really just great, but, you know, if it doesn't, if, if what you're saying doesn't match up, you're not really all that righteous or religious, and your religion is, worth, is, is totally worthless. So what we say in all our talk, uh, and how do we correct this talk, and, and how do we get better at this, uh, reminds me of a, a joke. Uh, and that is, uh, this person wanted to go away in a retreat, like silence and solitude. Uh, and uh, the idea was to kind of connect with God some more, and to not talk as much. So the retreat was one of silence, so the, uh, the person goes along and... Uh, not allowed to say a thing, and after the end of the week, you're allowed to say two words. And so after the week, he gets together with the mentor, and he says, well, what are your two words? He says, bed hard. Okay, so another week, doesn't say anything, just total silence, solitude. Uh, you know, these are the sacred rhythms. I mean, these are, he's really into this, okay? Uh, after the end of the second week, another two words, mentor says, well, what do you want to say? 
food cold. Okay, another week, uh, solitude, silence. What do you want to say? I quit. The mentor said, well, I'm not surprised. You've done nothing but complain since you got here. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. James 3.1. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. So, you know, this is the reason why if you're going to be a life group leader or you're going to teach a Bible study or something in the church, the weight uh, for being a teacher is a little heavier in that, uh, you know, it's just a higher level. Uh, you need uh, to have some um, degree of accountability, maturity, uh, because what you're saying influences other people, and uh, that's important. So the upside is it's a privilege. The downside is we're going to be judged more strictly, because if I'm leading you astray or saying things that are incorrect, God's holding me accountable for that. And uh, that's no, small, that's no small, small deal. But in a similar way, you know, when we send groups down to the Dominican Republic and uh, go out teaching and preaching, uh, God is holding us accountable that we take this seriously uh, because it's a great privilege uh, to represent Jesus and to do it correctly and accurately. Uh, not casually. Uh, Sue Johnson has done a good job, uh, really, of encouraging others in prison uh, and prison ministry. And so, you know, when she goes out, she's not only representing herself, she's representing the church, and many of you have gone with her to prison and uh, have tried to encourage prisoners. You know, and again, this is one of the things that uh, Jesus really encourages us to do. Uh, some of you are familiar with Matthew 25:45, where Jesus is in this dialogue and he says, you know, when you visited me in prison, and the disciples are saying, wait, we never did visit you in prison. And then Jesus says, no, well, you know, if, if you visit a prisoner, you're really visiting me. When you help somebody that's the least and the last, it's like you're doing it for me. And it's like, wow, okay, so... We understand that prisoners are in prison because they've done something wrong, but they're still human and they still need to be um, helped and encouraged. And so Jesus is encouraging us to do that. So people like Sue have taken it on themselves to make a ministry out of that and, and to do so. So uh, if you're following along your bu bulletin insert, I'm saying let's use words to encourage and direct Let's help people, encourage them, direct them, uh, be of use to people. And if we get together as life groups or Bible studies, let's encourage people, let's direct them, uh, let's use the Word of God to do that. Uh, while I'm thinking about life groups, um, with the snowstorm, all the groups are happening tonight or this afternoon uh, they're cancelled, might as well cancel them. The youth have got something, got life groups. Uh, I might as well just cancel those tomorrow night. 
my class, which I've been trying to start since the beginning of January. <laughs> I think we're in the middle of February now. Every, every, every Monday has been okay, not this week. I think I'll have to repackage it or re-advertise it or re, I don't know, but not tomorrow. We'll cancel it tomorrow as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm just so grateful that it's all happening Mondays. There was one year everything happened on Sundays. It was like, okay. So there we go. Then uh, James gives us three examples here to look at. Uh, one is a, they're all small things that make a big difference. So in verse 3, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And if that was written today, we'd probably say, you know, we can ride a, or direct a large 18-wheeler by a small steering wheel or your own car, you know, something you can direct a powerful vehicle just by moving the steering wheel. Uh, then the second example is, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. And, you know, think of some of the short speeches that have really been positive, that have really made a, a huge difference. Uh, what we say can be very influential, can be very powerful, can change not only our own lives or our small group life or our church's life, but it can even change the whole nation uh, by a powerful speech. I mean, think of Martin Luther King, you know, we have a dream, or Winston Churchill, we will never give up, Second World War, just, you know, in the face of, you know, unbelievable odds, or Ronald Reagan, tear down that wall, you know, just like, wow, what a, what a change, or, you know, JFK, John, JFK, Kennedy, you know, saying, my fellow Americans, ask not what uh, you can do for your, you know, what the country can do for you, but what can you do for your country? You know, these kind of speeches were just like unbelievably powerful and changes people's hearts, changes direction of, uh, you know, of country. So we really need to think about what it is that we're saying, how important it is, and uh, what impact does it make? And, you know, even with faith, God seems to be saying uh, our understanding of receiving Christ is more than just kind of believing in your heart and saying, Jesus, I believe you, or Jesus, I need, need you, or Jesus, you know, I'm all for you. Jesus is saying you also need to articulate that. You need to put that into words. I mean, part of Becoming a follower of Jesus isn't just quietly, secretly, privately believing in him. It's putting words to that, articulating, confessing with your mouth, uh, and then after that, publicly getting baptized. You know, there's an outward declaration, uh, you're declaring uh, what you're doing uh, privately. So look at Romans 10.9, for instance. It says this, if you openly declare <clears throat> that Jesus is Lord, using your mouth, putting words to it, you openly declare Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, 
you will be saved. So if you want to become a Christian, if you want to become a follower of Jesus, if you want to become born again or whatever uh, phrase you want to use, if you want to be a passionate follower of Jesus, it's not okay to just believe it. You have to articulate. You have to be able to express your faith in words. You need to declare that Jesus is Lord. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is only it is, op- it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I mean, this is like, okay, it's got to be, you, you really got to call on the Lord. It's not just a mental uh, process. There's something, when we put words to what we're thinking and saying, it becomes powerful. Now, on a personal level, there's something hugely powerful when, say, a parent says to their kid, I love you. Or a spouse is saying you know, to the spouse, I love you. Uh, if you've never heard that from anybody, uh, there's something that's really absent. And, and, you know, I just encourage you with your kids, just tell them that you love them. Um, do it regularly. And if you haven't done that, you'll find initially it's really awkward. I mean, it's kind of hard to say, I, I, I love you. I mean, it just feels clumsy or I don't know what. But I'm telling you, it's really powerful. I love you. Uh, it's just, I just really highly recommend it. How about the power of... Somebody saying, articulating, not just thinking about it, I'm sorry. You know, they've hurt you, something's gone wrong, and they say, I'm sorry. Now, you know how difficult that is, right, to, to actually say it. I mean, if you've messed up and you've been the offending party, it's like, ah, oh, to actually say the words, which are so simple, I'm sorry, is so difficult. But if you can get yourself to say, I'm sorry, it's so powerful for the person receiving that, hearing that. I mean, these are like, you know, one way, it's small things. As James is saying, you know, our tongue is such a small instrument, but the power of words when we say them with meaning is huge. Or one of my favorites would be, I'll pray for you. Now, I don't just say that, and don't say that to somebody if you're not actually going to pray. But when you're saying, I'll pray for you, honestly, that can give somebody so much hope because hopefully God is going to strengthen them. And you partnering uh, with that person in their difficulty and asking for the Holy Spirit to move and to actually do something. And the recipient, just as Bernadette said on this mission strip, they can receive and feel the power of your prayer. I mean, it's one thing if you pray and nothing actually happens. It's a whole different thing if somebody's praying for you and you can actually feel a change within you. Uh, It's really, really powerful. James says it with a third example. If the first was a bit in the mouth of a horse, the second being a small rudder, the third one, third example he gives is Uh, this one, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And the tongue is a flame of fire. 
It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. I mean, yeah, you got James using it in the negative. You know, when you say bad things, nasty things, it is like a forest fire. It might just be a few choice words, but a few choice words at the inopportune time can be incredibly destructive. And so what James is trying to, you know, tell us is, okay, we need to really, like, try and control our tongue. I mean, we really make, need to make every effort to try and encourage others to speak things that are positive. Even in your own life, uh, you know, speak positively about yourself. Yes, you can overcome things. Yes, you can get through it. Yes, with the Lord's help and with the Lord's wisdom. Say those sort of things. It's a whole different mindset if you say, I just give up. I can't do it. I'm a loser. Everybody's against me. Nobody likes me. Nobody. Those, if you've got that kind of thought process flushing through you all the time, it's just going to bring you down. Some or other, you have to have the truth in you, and that's starting with Jesus loves me, Jesus is for me, Jesus will empower me, I can ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to get through and to move through. Yes, I can endure this. I'm not doing it alone. God is with me and God is for me. Yes, I can do it in a righteous kind of a way. And you can pray and speak to yourself and encourage yourself. But in a similar way, you can speak and pray and encourage somebody else. Uh, I mean, you are not a loser. If you're a Christian, you're not a loser. You've got the Holy Spirit residing within you. Uh, God wants to encourage us and to build us up. And that's why when we pray for somebody, it's like we're igniting what's already in you, the Spirit and the presence of God. And as we pray that there's something inside of us which is, I feel I can, I can overcome, I feel strengthened, because we're breathing on what the Holy Spirit, Spirit is already doing in us. It's very powerful uh, what we say and how we say it and how we move into it. Uh, another proverb for those that just like to say negative things. Proverbs 26. Fire goes out without wood, and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. A quarrelsome person starts fights as easily as hot embers light charcoal or fire lights wood. Rumors are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. I mean, again, just watching what you say. If you start uh, gossiping, if you're saying negative things, if you, you know, your ears are just like dying to hear the latest bit of scandal, or did you hear so-and-so did this and that wrong or bad, or you, know, you just like to hear all that kind of stuff, it really has a negative implication. And even worse when you lie. Proverbs 12.22, The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. The second fill-in-the-blank point is really just to watch your words. Watch what you're saying. Be intentional about what you're saying. And the last point to be filling the blanks is desire words of a transformed heart. Look, what I'm... Uh, trying to get at here is there's so much that we can do in our own strength 
from our own understanding of trying to do the right thing. And there's a place for that. There's a place for being intentional. But there's a much bigger need that God needs to do in our lives. Uh, maybe I'll give you an analogy of a pacemaker. A pacemaker is a small thing, and it's really helpful if your heart's out of rhythm. But a pacemaker is kind of useless if you need a heart transplant. And so in one sense, you can control what you say to a, a small extent. You can be intentional about it, and it's useful, and you should. But there's a whole bigger issue going on, and that is God wants to give us a new heart. He wants the Holy Spirit to reside within us. He wants to like change us from the inside out so that when we speak, uh, we aren't like intentionally trying to say good things. We just say good things because we are changed people. Uh, and that's the business that God is into, uh, transforming our lives. So in one hand, you know, what a person's saying could be a little bit like a thermometer. Uh, it's like, okay, how's their life? I mean, if the person's constantly just trash-talking, cursing, you've got to say, okay, there's something inside is not right. Whereas if somebody's constantly, you know, uh, loving and caring and speaking words which help and build up, you say, wait a bit, inside that person is something transformed, like God is residing there. He has a person whose heart has been captivated by God, and God is doing something beautiful within. Uh, that's something we can't do on our own. That's something we have to say, God, only you can transform my heart. But what we can do is allow God to do it. You know, we can say, God, I receive you. I delight in you. I understand that you are God. I'm articulating that with my mouth. God, please come and reside within me. Or if you've been a believer for you know, some time, we can say, Holy Spirit, I just ask for a, a new outpouring. Just refresh me again. Uh, I just ask for an increase of your spirit again. Because, you know, somebody famously said, we leak. I mean, you know, the spirit just kind of leaks out of us, it seems like. Uh, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit again and again and again. We need to come to church again and again and again. Why? Because we need to be built up again and again and again. God wants to encourage us. He wants to refresh us. He wants to charge us up. He wants to give us His Holy Spirit. But we need to ask. We need to receive. Uh, just as we were, you know, flailing around at the beginning of the service, God, what are you doing? You know, do I need help? I mean, if somebody's not willing to say, God, I need help, the chance of getting help is much, much less. If you just keep it quietly within yourself, uh, that's good for your pride. But if you're willing to say, God, you know, I, I'm battling. I, I feel oppressed. Uh, and I'm going to be foolish. I'm going to have somebody pray for me uh, to break it. That's powerful. Uh, there's something with saying with your mouth. Uh, Jesus often asks people, how can I help you, even if it was obvious? Somebody would say, I, I, I want to I see, or I want to walk. Jesus didn't just walk up to them and say, okay, I can see you're blind. Let me just heal you. He'd ask him, what, what can I do? The person who used their mouth, I, I want to see. Then Jesus would move. Let me just uh, ask the worship team to come on up and uh, we'll close it right here.